Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon. We have 14 employees, over 650 titles in print with 20 to 40 new books per year, and we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or perhaps you just want to better understand the publishing industry. This week, we are going to talk about something that is a frequent and like seemingly very sexy news item when someone reinvents publishing or figures out things that they think people had never figured out in the past 200 years. Reinventing publishing is definitely a very sexy topic, like Sounding especially if you were disrupting publishing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Disrupting publishing. <laughs> That's an excellent point, Ellie. I don't know where I get off thinking that someone is merely reinventing it. <laughs> Um, so, what is the most recent way you've heard this happening? Oh, every day. Um, so, you'll, if you use Twitter, notably book Twitter, or read, you know, these sort of grabby headlines, you will often see where it'll be like, this publishing company has figured out a new way and, you know, essentially, like, pays impossibly more and or you know, has some sort of, like, weird workaround, you know, and so 10 to 15 years ago it was the quote-unquote hybrid model, where, like, mm -hmm. authors would invest in their own books instead of the publishers investing in their books. But, you know, the real problem of that is um, thoroughly addressed in the book, where you just don't have enough emotional distance to develop the book correctly, and you don't, and, you know, and it's like, when you ultimately are the one with the say and the power at the end of the day, you aren't going to do what's in the best interest of the book. And by you, you mean the author? Yes, that's correct. And um, so more recently, the new take on it was, uh, you know, one, what is it? Micro-investing, is that the correct term? When you get lots of people to make small um, ownership things, you know? I thought micro-investing was when you, like, loan someone $300 and then yeah. pay back interest. Yeah, that's what this is. Okay. Yeah. So there's one case where... You know, it's a upstart publisher, and that's their whole thing, is they're like, you know, with all these micro-investments, we will, like, create the publishing company of the future, blah, blah, blah. And the reason for that is, like, publishing is very expensive, and it's low-yield, low-return, high-cost, requires a tremendous amount of upfront investment, so people are trying to sort of hack that with... You know, the whole idea of like, oh, okay, well, if I just have lots of people's small amounts of money, you know, then that's a workaround. And like, you know, that is a workaround and that may well work. But, you know, it's like at the end of the day, like, who are the people investing? But, you know, the people that are invested in that kind of, you know, literary movement or whatever. It's like a non-profit, it's like non-profit publishing without the tax deduction. Yeah. And you're it's, not going to get your money back, but you're going to feel good about it. Yeah. And so, right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. And so it's sort of the, like, the thing when you're like, you know, the authors are essentially still the ones paying for the books because they're often the ones that are like, yeah, I'll give you 300 bucks, you know, and, you know, they're just not going to get it back. Yeah. And then, but the one um, this week was even, you know, 
it had like even bolder claims, which I always love, where they said that they would pay $40,000 advances to every single book and you would get a 40% royalty on the book, you know? A royalty on what though? Did not specify. Uh-oh. <laughs> so let's hope it's not on the cover price, because they would be out of business before the time this podcast is released. How are they going to afford this $40,000 advance on these books? <sighs> this is a wonderful question. It is, they are essentially seeking VC, venture capital, wow. meaning rich people, give me money. Which is, you know, a very common way that a lot of, of these, like, fast ascendancy growth up startups get off the ground. But... You know, those are books that can scale and expand, you know, and sort of the problem with this is the, like, you know, let's say you publish 20 books in a year. If eight of those are flops, or even four of those are flops, you've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, because your costs aren't just that author royalty, it's the book development, it's, you know, your printing, your... You know, just like sort of the material costs of being a publisher, the distribution, etc. And, you know, and this is not a growth model. It's like, it sounds good. It sounds like, oh, publishers have done us wrong all these years. But the reality and the problem of all of this is that, like, publishing is fundamentally fair the way the math and the numbers work, you know, as far as, like, splitting the pie, you know, the author normally receives the largest slice of pie. So you're saying traditional publishing the model isn't broken, but something's broken because authors really seem to have trouble getting paid. Well, partly, <clears throat> you know, and it's like, I don't mean to sound like a city government when I say, like, oh, <laughs> there's just a few bad apples in our police force. But it's more along the lines of, like, there's yes. one really bad apple. You can, well, you can find publishers that don't, pay their bills or maybe go out of their way to you know find deductions and things like that but by and large you know it's a relationship everybody's invested in that relationship people make mistakes but by and large it's fair and it's almost always in the author's favor if in the vast majority of large companies you know so what is broken <clears throat> So, the market is just too crowded, you know, so, like, if you go back far enough, the problem was that, you know, there was just too many books being written, and then so just a lot of people felt rejected and left out and sad and bummed and, you know, like, you know, like, the thing that I am told most often as, like, the proof of this concept is, oh, well, look at how many publishers refused and rejected Harry Potter before it became one of the best-selling books of all time, you know, and that is a completely wrong-headed idea, you know. It's not that all publishers are interchangeable and just can't recognize your brilliance, it's that the publishers that rejected Harry Potter probably would have turned it into a flop, you know, that Harry Potter wasn't successful because of the fact that it was Harry Potter because it wasn't a commodity yet. It, the, it became a commodity by the way it was released and marketed and loved and discovered and, you know, how they did roll out in multiple different countries. And, you know, it's it's not... It doesn't prove anything to say, oh, this book was a success, so everybody that rejected it was wrong. You know, that's just assuming that all publishers are interchangeable, which is, like, completely fundamentally false. 
So, like, what is the answer if it's not to, like... And, by the way, I think the project of taking money from very rich people and distributing it to authors is a great one, but, yeah. like... It's just not as sustainable. <laughs> no, I mean, go like for it, but... You can't go back the following it's year not and gonna, be like, like, fix publishing. Can I get another half a million dollars? I ran out. I guess it will, like... It does. I, I guess it does. I guess the problem is that it does, like, kind of change expectations when you're out there being, like, this is the problem with publishing, is yeah. that and it's, it's not just, fair to yeah, authors. It's like spreading misinformation, you know? So what should people do? How should people do? So, I mean, I would say the real trouble here is the, like, when... Amazon essentially marketed the very same concept publishers aren't fair publishing is you know greedy whatever it led and you know, and then they simultaneously said we are the solution publish with us get 70% royalties and you know use other like sort of misleading with statistics they just completely flooded and crowded out the market making it essentially impossible to sell most fiction or memoir or books you know it just essentially choked out the market where the average life sale on the average book went down 50 percent you know and that's not to say you know you'll still have successful books but your likelihood of becoming a bestseller is much much worse and your probability of average sales is down 50 percent and then that's not even the books that sell two or 20 copies in their lifetime, you know, which also do exist, you know. So the answer is resist Amazon? Well, the answer is, like, you know, have a way to reach your audience, you know, that isn't just, I'll make something really good and then publishing will save me and the world will discover my genius and, you know, I'll be loved for all time. That's sort of the, you know, utopian thing of you know that like people latch on to like the handful of stories of that happening and ignore the part about how those books were marketed thanks for joining us once again please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes and please give us five stars on itunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed you can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub on twitter at microcosm on Facebook at Microcosm Publishing. On Instagram at Microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>